Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us as always. This is Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at AWhite7877. And I am joined by Nick and Brian. You can find them on Twitter at DCNatchack. And you should know that by now. And you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. We are doing this for the DMV Sports Network. You can find them at DMV underscore SN and online at DMVSportsNetwork.com. How are you guys doing? We got the band back together. Finally, the Yay, gang is we're here. All here. The three best friends that anybody could have. Best friends are we? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. What was that? <laughs> that was uh, that was Cartman. That was old school Cartman. That's what that was. You guys, yeah. Have you ever watched all of the old South Parks? But you'll find it if you go back far enough. No, I've just watched like whatever's on TV. So I've seen a lot of them, just not. All of them. Oh man, I haven't actually watched any new episodes in at least a decade. But they're I all used on to Hulu. Are they? Hulu. I didn't know that. Yeah, Hulu's superior to okay. Netflix. Change my mind. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have Hulu, so I can't make that argument. Uh, I, I do have Netflix free, because so. my daughter has to watch Octonauts sixty-three times a day, so we have to have. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's actually a fantastic kid show with a bunch of. Animals that don't live in the ocean who have a submarine and go down in the ocean and meet sea creatures, and they're all inexplicably like British and Scottish. It's it's sounds it's actually really great. trippy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just it's, got high uh, listening to you something. talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I passed the point in my life where right exactly. Anyway, so um, let's talk about the Nats who are not uh, looking so great right now. Um, Ryan, you want to hit us with the weekend recap? Yes, I was off for the week, but baseball was not. The Marlins are 44-72, and 72, but they still walked off the Braves last night in epic fashion. Woo-hoo. In the fourth place, we have the fourth place team that is also known as the fourth place Phillies. The team that spent the whole first two months in first place has fallen from grace as they lost three straight series and are 4-6 and six in the last 10. The only good thing that happened to them last week was Bryce hit. Two home runs, one of them was a go, go-ahead home run after he was being heckled. Um, I don't know if you saw the Hunter post on social media, but 
that happen. Um, they are 1657 sitting outside the wild card. What an absolute disaster of a season so far for a team that spent almost 500 million this off season. Can I interrupt you for one second? Oh, Ryan, oh, oh, of and course. Say that of course. I feel like you really missed the opportunity to make a Matt Grace joke with your fall from grace comment. You know, there I thought about it, so. but Matt Grace doesn't deserve the attention because well, I he thought sucks. he was saving it for the Nats, but that's all right. I see. Okay, please carry on. Yeah. So in third place, we have the team that is most likely to represent Daniel in the World Series, according to a talent advisor, um, and as the Red Hot Mets. Uh, no keeping up with the Mets this week because that segment's being saved for a different team. The Mets don't lose. They took the first two games against the Nats due to late bullpen meltdowns. That's five straight games in City Field that the Mets have taken advantage of the Nationals' bullpen in historic fashion. And if you're watching the game, it looks like it's probably six straight games. Um, say what you want about Mets fans, but watching these games in City Field has been kind of hype. Like The City Field has just been going absolutely nuts every single night. Nats fans could never. Uh, a team once dead is now 61-56, and 56, and they are tied for the second wild card spot. Hey, uh, hey Nick. I got hey, a man. question for you. I have an what's answer. Your, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, duo? My favorite duo? Yeah, your favorite duo. Like peanut butter and jelly? Uh, probably, ooh. I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this, but uh, chocolate and mint. Ooh, chocolate and mint. Mine's the Nats and blowing late games in the season that really are important. Um, the Nats dropped the first two games in the series, and stop me if you heard this before, but the Nats are choked away in the important series against the Mets. No, it's not 2015 where the Mets got the Nats got swept by the net the Mets in New York, where the Mets passed the Nats in the standings. It's 2019. Absolutely nothing has changed except for the players. Um, it's the same thing every single year. The Stars and offense did job, and in the blink of an eye, the bullpen, a.k.a. Sean Doolittle, and a 42-year-old for some reason is still the setup man. Fernando Rodney blew chunks. They now only have a half a game lead on the wild card, and they are 61-55. to This week, we are doing a new reality TV show, TV show called Keeping Up with the Braves. Woo! The Braves traded for all-star closer Shane Green. He has given up five runs and four innings with the Braves. That's how many runs he gave up in 30 innings for the Tigers. He was recently demoted out of the closer spot. Um, he gave up more runs. So suck it. <laughs> um, he was demoted from the closer. So in stats, Mark Melanson, the other big guy for the save, he gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning while getting one, at, one out against the lowly Marlins. Now the fun stuff. Reports came out that Soroka, who pitched seven great innings yesterday, got into a very heated argument in the locker room with some other members of the bullpen. Um, we do not know, but all I can imagine is that pleasantries were exchanged and it was a very great conversation. Then an unnamed player, who we'll find out very shortly, took a bat to the fire extinguisher, causing it to explode in the locker room, and the locker room needed to be evacuated immediately. Great um, that is not the Mets. That is the Braves. And despite the drama, the Braves are still comfortably on top of the East, and they are 69 and 50. And that was the week of the NL East. Well, as we can see by uh, Braves' hands uh, and how respectful they are and not racist whatsoever, I'm sure uh, Soroka's <laughs> pleasantries were very pleasant indeed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're all great people. Yeah, top to bottom. 
Yeah, I feel like the NL East is just the home of all the drama this year, don't you think? It's been pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't Adam Eaton and his AirPods and his lack of a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, there was that. That was so long ago now. There's been so much drama since you almost forget, but it's been pretty impressive. There's a whole lot of uh, there's a whole lot of boy drama going on amongst these uh these players in the NL East this year. The Nats are too boring to have drama. Yeah. Like, I don't have a mortgage as dramatic as the Nats get. Really <laughs> yeah, nice. like, that's that's their drama. <laughs> Speaking of Adam. All right, thank you. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, thank you, Ryan, for the Weekend Recap. Let's talk about our good, the bad, and the ugly segment. Um, we are going to have Adam Eaton's getting his own segment here this week, the Adam Eaton. Um, he gave up the game-winning hit on Friday in the walk-off, which was just atrocious. There was a 70% catch probability on that play. Although I still think that while Eaton deserves to be roundly criticized for this, that Doolittle should get the bulk of the criticism here. He was just absolutely awful in that game. Um, well, oh, his, his the game will go into extra innings. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but um, the game will go into extra innings if Adam Eaton, who is about five foot six, does not have a mortgage, um, actually tried on the play. That ball, I mean, that's a two-star play. You have to make that play. And he was just like, do, 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 do. I'm not going to catch this. I and don't he got feel a like terrible it. read. Like, had his first oh, yeah. step was in. Who's, it was awful. Whose first step is in? That's the first thing that teaches an outfielder. Seven year olds. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really, really bad. That was just terrible. And I don't know. I, I had already just kind of written that game off as a loss. I didn't have any confidence they were going to get to extra innings. But that was a tough way to lose. I agree. They suck. Yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes, hashtag analysis. All yeah, right, the yeah. bad. The bad is Victor Robles, who has been bad. His last 15 uh, slashing 157, 271, 216, uh, one stolen base, 15 strikeouts, uh, zero homers, zero RBIs, and eight hits. That's really bad. So – his last seven were just as ugly, but his last 15 was a little bit better. So I put that in there just because, like, you know, he's a rookie, but the league has figured something out. They figured something out early, so he skewed closer to the plate, and his numbers went up. Now they're showing him nothing but off speed, and he's struggling tremendously. So young player is going to have to adapt again, and it's going to have to figure out quickly because the bottom of the lineup lately has just been... Yeah, it's been awful. The lineups looked really, really bad. If you're not Juan Soto, who may now be hurt and out for a while, and or your name isn't Anthony Rendon, you've basically been doing nothing. I mean, Rendon only has four heads and four ABs today, so how good is he? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not good enough for the Nets to give him an extension, clearly. Um, (laughs) No, but with Robles, it's like one of those situations, if we had anyone else who was, like, decent to take over, Robles would probably be sent down, but we don't yeah. really have a viable option. So Robles no. is just going to have to work through his growing pains up at the major league level. So hopefully he figures it out soon. You know, to borrow a bit from Ryan, let me do this one with you guys. How bad she's is stealing? He? Oh, she's stealing. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh, how bad is he? He's so bad that people on Twitter right now are talking about how we should have Michael A. Taylor come back instead of Robles. That's how bad he's been. Give me, give me, give me their ads right now. <laughs> 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 Worst tweets of the week. I just, 
I just want to talk <laughs> to them. I swear, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's been pretty. I rough. mean, but okay. In their defense, in their defense, we haven't seen Michael A. Taylor in a long time, so it's like hard to remember how bad he was. But the real Nats fans right. like us remember how bad he was, <laughs> or is. I never forget. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, real Nats fans like us tell other fans who are real or not. That's what Nats fans do. It's our thing. Facts. It's what this podcast is made for. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, the ugly. The, the bullpen versus the Mets. I mean, the bullpen has not been great this year at all, if you look at their numbers <clears throat> overall. But versus the Mets, they've just been absolutely just horrid. Uh, two and seven, a nine three seven ERA. One save and eight blown saves. And their last five games at City Field, they're 0-5 with a 14.81 ERA, five blown saves, 10.1 innings pitched, 18 hits, and 17 earned runs. 17 earned runs. Is that good? I had to double take because I could not believe that's what what it actually was. That's so bad. The Nationals have lost the lead in the eighth inning of later in their last five games against the Mets. In Seafield, and they're up 5-4 right now, so when Fernando Rodney goes in the eighth inning, it'll probably be six in a row, but oh my god, that's horrible. Right, because you know he's going to put Rodney in again, even though he's 42 and he's pitched like, what is it? I it don't makes, even know it makes, it makes no sense. It makes yeah, it's no not sense. like it's... we uh, acquired pitchers at the deadline that can pitch the eighth inning or anything. Right. We're pretty but that's, good. You know what? It makes perfect sense because, as Davey Martinez would tell us, he's my eighth inning guy. And so he's going to go in in the eighth inning. That's just the way it's going to be. Why the, why the hell did Rizzo, we Rizzo acquire? Family podcast. Yeah. Family I didn't podcast. say anything. Why did we acquire people at the deadline then? If you're not going to switch anything up. Oh, my God. I hate Davey yeah, Although so Hassan much. Hudson pitched in like five of six. I mean, he's been. He's been using yeah. him quite a lot, but not in. But I not think in the Strickland's pitched three in a row. Yeah, we're recording and not watching right now. But didn't Strickland just pitch? I don't have yeah. the game on in front of me. Yeah. So there you Thoughts go. The, the, the Nats <laughs> bullpen is just absolutely awful versus the Mets. It's like Bermuda Triangle bad. I don't know why they're so bad there at City Field, but. I can't, you can't get out of City Field fast enough. I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> I may have just made it up. I don't know. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> what's the worst thing you can think of? The Bermuda Triangle, man. So scary. <laughs> well, yeah, so but bad. just like weird stuff happens in the Bermuda Triangle. Weird stuff happens to the Nats. No, I get, Field, I get so. where you're going. It's just like that's not what I would have expected. <laughs> oh, Proceed. Yeah, bringing you the unexpected here on Half Street High Heat, folks. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. So, um, speaking of bullpen issues, let's talk about Sean Doolittle. <sighs> yeah. So, the thing that tore apart Nat's Twitter on Friday night, and it was pretty fun to watch, um, he had the easiest save you could possibly have. He was up by three, had the bottom of the order, and he blew it. Um, yeah, like in spectacular fashion. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it's You have to mow through that part of the lineup. It's the bottom of the order. They shouldn't give you issues. But a lot of people have been talking about Sean Doolittle. And so I did a little bit of research, and I'm going to give you some uh, statistics on about some massive red flags that Sean Doolittle has. I love statistics. I, oh, well, you're, you're, you're in luck. So, Sweet. <clears throat> Sean Dulo, as you guys talked about last week, mentioned that he was overworked. 
Uh, he's pitched 48.2 innings, and that's 51st in innings for relievers. He's not overworked. So his fastball value is 3.7, and that ranks 57th among all relievers. For those of you who are at home, which is you know everyone who's listening to this, you don't know what that means. That means Sean Dula is the 57th best fastball of all relievers. He throws his fastball 90% of the time. His fastball velocity is down. That's an issue. But wait, it gets much worse. His K percentage is the second lowest of his career. His walk percentage is the second highest of his career. His average against is the highest of his career. His whip is the highest of his career. His hard contact percentage is the highest of his career. His zone swing percentage is 79.6. That's the highest of his career. That's good. He's getting a lot of guys to swing. But wait, his zone contact percentage is 83%. So when guys are swinging, they're hitting him a lot, and they're hitting him hard. That's also the highest of his career. And then in medium leverage situation against Doolittle, the opponent is slashing 375, 405, 650. Those are MVP numbers. In high leverage situations, um, they're slashing 265, 322, 349. He's given up 10 earned runs and five walks in those situations as well. So while people are arguing that Sean Doolittle's, oh, he's still elite, I don't think Sean Doolittle's elite anymore. He has a history of arm injuries, and I do think that's catching up to him, and we're starting to see the decline of Sean Doolittle. Yeah. That's going to be controversial I mean, when people listen to this because people love them some Sean Doolittle. We had a guy never lie. We had a guy tweet <laughs> us last week. He's like, hard unfollow after our comments on I Doolittle saw last that, week. Yeah. We didn't say anything about Doolittle last week. But no, we, I, good we thing, all love Doolittle. Everybody loves him. Because <laughs> right, usually but, he hears you know, what the, we're going to say now. Right, exactly. Now, what gets me is like, you know, people get people get a lot of feelings when you bring up stuff like this about players they like. But the numbers are what the numbers are. And he's he's all season long. He's, you know, he's gotten out of jams, but he's gotten into a lot of jams, too. And you can only do that for mm-hmm. so long before it catches up with you. And I, I don't know. I do not feel good about Doolittle being the closer down the stretch. And Rodney has been way better than I expected. But the man's forty-two years old, and he can't be, he can't be our closer. So I don't know. I don't know who's the closer right now. I feel like with Doolittle, <clears throat> nobody's going to say he's not the closer anymore. But I feel like that's coming. Right. It's going you to be Doolittle. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to use look at him and be like oh you know it's a division rival he sees a lot balloon saves happen it does mario rivera blue saves you know his numbers against the match are terrible while his numbers against everyone else are pretty <laughs> decent but when you start to dive into his numbers and you see that his velocity is down a little over one mile per hour and all this other stuff it's very very alarming i think you made a good point it's like they're going to keep throwing Doolittle, but who do you go to because i feel like the guy can't pitch two innings in a row, and if the Nats make a playoff, make the playoffs, every reliever has to be able to go every single game of the series, especially when you're the best reliever. Sean Dulo is the best reliever. He's going to have to pitch multiple times. He's saying that he can't do that anymore. Yeah, we've yeah. officially gotten to the point, regardless of how many days rest he's had, because clearly <laughs> he's barely pitched since the beginning of July. Like, those are just facts. Well, we've gotten to the point we've gotten to the point where you just don't really feel as comfortable or comfortable at all with Doolittle closing out games anymore. Just because we've seen his flaws on display, it seems like pretty frequently this season. And yeah, his numbers against everyone but the Mets are better. And which is just, I mean, we're living in the upside down or something, but uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gotten to the point where, 
teams are getting smart enough to identify what Doolittle is trying to do. Because, I mean, it's not that hard when yeah. you just have one pitch. If you have one pitch, you're solely relying on command. Like, no one pitch is good enough to be thrown over and over and over again <clears throat> with great results. It's just it, you're relying solely on command. So on a night like Friday night where he was just god-awful, he clearly did not have command. The Frazier home run and the uh, Conforto walk-off were badly, badly missed spots if you look at where the catcher was setting up. Doolittle was not close to hitting his spots on either one of them. So when he doesn't have his command, he's going to blow up against teams that aren't really that good and teams he should be better than, but he's not because he doesn't have his command. But yeah. Davey will leave him in no matter what, no matter how obvious it is that he doesn't have his stuff. There's no I, I mean, I get that. never even occurred uh, yeah, to him same. as he told us after the game. I have no problem with him leaving with Davey leaving Doolittle in on Friday. <clears throat> oh, I do. I have a problem with it. I mean, I would have pulled <laughs> him, but I feel like Davey's just in the point where he's like, my bullpen sucks. I'm just going to win or lose with my best guy in the mound. But with Doolittle, No, Davey though, just has a... the monkey with symbols playing in his head, like, nonstop. He has no <laughs> He's my closer. Leaving him in. With... Yeah, he literally said it didn't even occur to him. It never occurred to him to take him out. I'm like, seriously? It never crossed her mind? Nah. Like, never once did you think, he... maybe I should pull him? Strickland was right. He's lying. Um, but the thing with Doolittle, though, is, okay, if you're going to rely on your fastball, that's fine. But... If you're 92, 94, it has to have late life and you have to be able to locate, like Nick was saying. He's not the Ronald Chapman in his prime where he was touching one or two consistently. Ronald Chapman can throw it down the middle every single time, but you're not going to be able to light up 102. So when you're throwing 92, 94, guys are just going to sit there and just wait on that until you miss. And we're seeing that lately. He's been getting hit hard lately and he's blowing saves. He has a 3 5 ERA, which, I mean, ERA for a reliever, you can do that what you want. But, I mean, I would start to try Strickland in the closer role. Yeah, it's hard Ooh. to say because everybody is a big fan of Doolittle, but the eyeball test. So I, like... You can see even if, yeah, but even if you don't, even if you don't look closely at the numbers, and if you look at them, there's a lot of alarming data there. But even just the eyeball test, you look and you say, okay, even at the beginning of the season or early when the Nats were doing so poorly and the rest of the bullpen was hot trash, you still felt okay when Doolittle was in the game. You know, you, he yeah. was coming in, you're like, okay, he's going to shut it down. I don't feel like that right now when Doolittle comes in. You know, I'm worried when I Doolittle mean, comes in. When they traded for him, the dude was lights out. He literally, he didn't give up hits. I think he, mm -hmm. like, blew one lead in the first, like, year and a half Nats had him. But now the league's figured something out. You have injuries. These are conversations we have to have, whether people are going to like it or not. Right. Can I pose and a we're question? we're to analyze it. Absolutely. Um, if Doolittle was in a walk year, do you is he your like primary target this off season or would you look elsewhere? That's a great question. Um, oh, oh, I would look. That's tough because like, he's a lefty. Like I, I don't know who like, else is available, so I, I it's not like uh, I can't say it's a prime off season for like premium relief talent and a easy replacement in the closer spot, but. I mean, he, like Amanda's been saying, he's not someone I exactly feel comfortable in closing out games anymore. Like, we see so, it all the time. Yeah. The closer position is, like, it's, like, always revolving. It's just, if you're not getting the job done, you will be replaced. It doesn't matter how much money you're making. 
So this offseason, we're going to see Chapman, Jansen, Morrow, Hunter, uh, Nishek, O'Day, Smith, Batances, and a couple other guys hit, and uh, Brandon Kinsler hit the market. <laughs> I would say Brandon Kinsler, bring him in right now. God, he's, I think I've seen enough of Brandon off. Kinsler. I'm good. His numbers on the Cubs are stupid. It makes me so mad. Um, I would say I yes, but not as a closer. Yeah. Like, I feel like him being a seventh or eighth inning guy and then going against lefties, I feel like that'd be pretty valuable to have. And then getting, yeah. like, another big guy who can close, I'd be hyped with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would yeah, like I to just... see him go, but I think they need another option at closer because when he doesn't For have sure. it, he really doesn't have it. And, I, yeah. you know, we, you just said you were okay with him leaving him in there. I, When I was watching the game that night, I said to my husband before the three-run homer, I was like, he doesn't have it. You can see it already. He doesn't have his stuff. He doesn't have his command. Just get him out. Just get somebody else in there before he gives up a, before he gives up a homer and game's tied. And then literally the next pitch, he gave up a homer and the game's tied. <laughs> but it, you can see it if you just watch Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, if you just watch him regularly, you can tell pretty quickly within a batter or two if he's got his stuff or not. He just obviously didn't have it. I don't understand the argument for, oh, he's your best guy. You should leave him in there. Even your best guy right. doesn't have it some nights. There's no reason to leave and him subsequently, there. And subsequently, like, baseball. Right. And if fans at home can tell when he doesn't have it, you best believe the batters who he's facing can tell when he doesn't have right. it either. So they know they, they, they can sit on. They can just sit the, and wait. No matter how good Doolittle is, you're sitting and waiting on one pitch because that's all Doolittle's throwing. So you're just sitting on and waiting for a location, not even a pitch, because it's the same pitch over and over and over again. So Todd Frazier literally, it was like hit the home run derby all over again. He just had to wait for his one pitch, and he did not miss. And that's what all batters yeah. have to do to get to do little is just wait for your one fastball in the one location you like and don't miss. And recently, they haven't been missing, especially the Mets. I mean, and I hope this is the only time we have this conversation. I like, I, I hope Doolittle. You know, it's just a bad weekend for him, a bad little stretch, and he figures everything out. He's fine. He's overwhelmed. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Ever since, I mean, I, I really, I don't know. Do you know. I don't know either. And I hope you're right. I hope that we're gonna. This is gonna be a blip, and he's gonna get back to himself. But I, they need to have a contingency plan because this team is in a playoff hunt right now, and you can't have a guy as your closer who who regularly doesn't have it. Even if he only has it half the time, it's not good enough. You know, you can't the have the guy news. be your. Yeah. The good news is every team in the, uh, the wild card hunt has the same issue as the Nats. Their bullpens are horrible. They have better lineups. There's a though. lot of bad bullpen sure. going around <laughs> the league right now. And yeah, if Soto's out, even for if oh, Soto's God. out for 10 <laughs> games. Yeah, that might Michael A. Taylor, baby. Oh, God, I didn't even yeah. think about that. <laughs> Uh, oh God! If I gotta say, I don't mean to be you know negative Nancy over here, but if Soto's out, I think the uh, the season has changed. Are we canceling the season? Can we have a cancel the Hold season on. pod? This is a perfect I, segue for I'm our too next old segment. To use it is, but before we do that, Ryan, let me remind uh, yes, yes. everyone <laughs> that we're doing this for the Sports Network. Too old to have a cancel the season party. <laughs> well, I I just I feel like I'm too old to use the phrase "you're canceled" or something is canceled. It feels like I'm too old for that. All right, well we'll use it. It feels like trying nah, too hard. Gonna you guys go ahead. You're gonna be feeling good. <laughs> I'm not going to Tijuana. Tijuana. I'm not going to Tijuana. Tijuana. I'm going to the Yucatan. Tijuana. 
So I love Yucatan. Uh, it's like the thick French fries. <laughs> oh, I do love Yucca. Uh, Peruvian yeah, food is thank the best. you. Okay, getting off track. <laughs> getting off track. I knew what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are doing this for the DMV Sports Network. We're part of their library of podcasts. If you guys haven't already checked out all the other shows, you really should. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, all All the teams in town are covered, including college sports. And a couple of shows that are a mix of all the different teams, the uh, Dom and Thunder show, and it's about time DC. So be sure to check them out and leave them and us reviews. And we really appreciate that. All right. So now we can segue into our next road ahead segment. So will the Nats make the playoffs? That's the game. That's the question. And it's maybe a very different question (laughs) if, if Soto's badly hurt. Yeah. So, um, MLB sent out a little notification about ranking everyone's schedule. The They had 18 contenders in there because that's how crowded everything is. And the Nats schedule ranked 6th out of 18th. So they had the 6th toughest schedule remaining. The combined winning percentage is 501, just a tad bit over 500. Uh, the Phillies had the number one hardest schedule. I think the Braves are like 3rd or 4th. But the Nats are 28-37 against teams above 500 before the so the news comes out. Do you think the Nats make the playoffs? No. Before the Soto injury? Yes, before the Soto. Because if Soto's no, no. injury is bad. He, he's saying, like, before we get at the official timeline for how long he's out. Like, what do you think? I think, yes. I do think they'll make the playoffs if Soto's okay. If it's just a small thing and he's back in a few games or he, you know, if he's okay and he doesn't miss much time, I think they could still make the playoffs. If he's gone for a significant amount of time, he's pretty much half their offense right now. So I think no. I yeah, their starting pitching is good enough to uh well when Max comes back, um is good enough to keep them relevant in this conversation, especially how crowded everything is. But as we keep saying every single episode, as we keep seeing the bullpen struggles against every single good team, I feel like that's gonna bite them in the ass eventually, even though it kind of already has. Um, so I say yes to the wild card, but I don't count the wild card making the playoffs. So I'm gonna say no. Um, but if Soto's out a long period of time, that drastically changes this entire team, and that's a hard no. Yeah. So wait, you're I, saying I mean, you don't I, count I, the wild card as a playoff? I don't. It's a play-in game. I don't count as a playoff. Yeah, I've but, heard that take before. I'm fine either way. But if the Nats well, if win, you, yeah. best, you, you best believe I am shouting from top to roof steps that the Nats just won their first playoff series. So that's my Win-win, <laughs> baby. Win-win. <laughs> Even though it's not, but I am going to scream it. Yeah, there will be major trollage on Twitter. I'm looking forward to watching you fight with people. It's going to be great. Hmm. Don't fight with people. How dare you? He wins. Oh. Yeah, come on, Amanda. Jeez. You can't <laughs> win if you don't fight, right? You have to fight with people if you're going to win. God, you just blew my mind. I know. Wow. You can't fight if you don't win. You can't win if you don't fight. Oh, I heard it backwards. Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Half Street High Heat. All right, Nick, what was your <laughs> thought on did they make the playoffs? Oh, I was just going to say that I think even if Soto is fine, like he comes back tomorrow or whenever our next game is and plays, I still don't think we make the playoffs. I, I just think our bullpen's still too shaky. Our manager is still one of the worst in the all of baseball. And that 
eventually, like just like the Mets are doing now. I'm not saying the Mets are making the playoffs. Not going to go that far. Not going to get that crazy. Um, but a team like the Mets are doing now is going to get hot. A team other than the Nats and basically just pull away enough to uh, to solidify that first or second wild card spot. Because I mean, as Ryan pointed out, there's 18 air quotes 18 contenders I so it's, yeah well still um and it's very crowded and the nats are just going against a lot of competition and i mean ryan said it again they're 28 and 37 against teams above 500 it's not very good not, not very really so playoff bad. series winning <laughs> not really playoff yeah. series winning of everyone potential there and Everyone in the division, minus the Marlins, has a winning record against teams about 500. But uh, I just have PTSD because every time this team has a big, important game, they just lay an egg. So I kind of just feel like the last week of September could be a little rough because this is going to be a tight race until day one. You know, that's the real D.C. sports curse is the inability to ever come through in the big game. It's, you know, like the Redskins can't play a game on national television in prime time to save their lives. Well, the Redskins just can't play in general. Yeah, that's true. You want to talk about PTSD? I'll never, I'll never forget <laughs> that day. It was like 2017, I want to say. It was like Game 7 <laughs> for the Wizards. It was um, Game 7 for the Caps. And then the oh, yeah, Nats were playing the Orioles. Day. It was all on the same day. <laughs> and the Caps and Wizards lost. And the uh, Nats walked off against the Orioles on Matt Weider's single. Of all I, people. I remember... I went to game seven. We're all in the car in the garage, depressed as hell. And someone goes, well, at least the Nats had a walk off. We're always like, <laughs> yay. Yeah, you know what? Shut up, sir. I went to this last Caps, uh, the last Caps game seven where they lost in double overtime. That one was pretty hard to take. Yeah. After they won the cup, one. though, it feels like a little bit less hurtful somehow this time than it always was in the past. It hurt and stung <laughs> a little less. Changed. Yeah, baby. Stanley Cup champs. All right. So, seems like the consensus is that there's no chance if Soto's hurt for any significant amount of time. But uh, I don't know. I still think they, they could make it, but they also, there's so many other teams. I think if they can, they can I mean, kind of maintain Amanda, or get it, back to if anything If they don't close. make it, who's, who's winning the World Series? <laughs> That's a great question. Great question. If it can't be the Nats, you mean? Are you implying the Nats aren't going to make it to the World Series? What are you saying? <laughs> okay. well, it's a Nats podcast. Somebody had to pick the Nats. Somebody had to pick the Nats. No, that's not true. But you, you <laughs> don't hide behind that. You wanted, you truly I'm thought. A, I'm a Nats homer, but I'm saying I'm the representative of the homer, the homer part of the fan base. And we are legion. Okay. Were, were you elected? <laughs> Did you go well, at least I'm their representative on this podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> Amanda just declared herself president. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this might be going off the rails. I don't think I declared myself president. No. All right, so let's talk never go about off the rails. never, never. This show is always so professional and <clears throat> dead on. We always stick <clears throat> to the show docs. Just all right. Oh, always. Speaking of... Never any unscripted rants ever. No, never, never. Let's talk about Anthony Rendon, speaking of depressing things. Yeah. You mean future um, Texas Ranger, Anthony Rendon? I hope he's a future mm. Texas Ranger and not a future Brave or Philly. 
odd things. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave it at, I hope if you see a future Texas Ranger. I thought you were, were not going to say <laughs> I just I cut like, that off. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, I do not hope he's a future anything except Matt. But since he's going to be, I hope it's not in our damn division because I just don't know how I will take that. It won't be pretty. <laughs> Ryan, what are you going to say? What do you... Yeah, so these updates are not pretty. Uh, all of them are <laughs> every time Ryan's like, doing the <laughs> <laughs> he's just like you know would you rather shop at one car lot or multiple car lots and he's like if that's in front of you what would you do and it's just like uh, come on dude like we get it then that sucked they're not going to offer you a lot of money but very interesting comment from Grant Paulson regarding the uh, Anthony Rendon contract conversations he said he was talking to someone in the Nats organization asking if Rendon will be uh, retained and the answer was, we need to lock up the shortstop. He's a difference maker, which yeah. seems to me like maybe they're just like, all right, so Rendon's gone in the free agency. Let's focus our attention on Trey and Soto. So big question is, what would you offer them to keep them if Rendon's, Rendon leaves? Oh, man. Uh, I think you need to first start with, and I, this was going off a Grant Paulson tweet, because he's been tweeting a lot about it recently, and obviously this report that you're talking about is was from him. And I, it's not my take, but it's a tweet, and I'm going to give credit because it's a very good take. This is at MichaelNomad44. The original tweet from Grant Paulson was, not re-signing Bryce was smart. Well, take that for what it is. Letting Rendon walk will be the disaster and mistake, but I'll give you one of those. Then Michael Nomad replied, we were led to believe not signing Harper was because it was going to let them sign Rendon, which is absolutely true because every single point was we're not mm-hmm. going to sign Harper because we need this money for Rendon. Well, now we need the money for Rendon and we're not paying up. Like, right. I, I, I still believe Rendon will get paid. Yes, but he's not going to get Arenado money. He's going to get a very reasonable contract for what he brings to the table. So there's no reason the Nats shouldn't be able not to sign Nats, him. He's not. But yeah, but now um, this report's, report's coming out that we're not even considering him anymore. We're just going to turn to Trey and Soto. So it's like I Harper walks, this, okay, we're going to yeah. move to Rendon. Rendon walks, okay, we're going to move to this guy. This guy walks, we're going to move to the next like guy. Like, when does it end? Yeah, I think this is this is Brent, this is Grant Paulson getting fed PR from the Nats organization, which is they used we're going to sign Rendon as their excuse to try to keep the fans from getting pissed off about losing Bryce, and now they're doing the exact same thing to try to keep the fans from getting pissed about them not re-signing Rendon. That's my uh, there's my conspiracy theory. What Sorry, Robles just had a he had a very clutch ding dong in top of the ninth. But oh, nice. back to business. Um, contract negotiations are so complicated. We saw with the whole Bryce thing last year, the entire time it was, he said, he said, every side was just saying something to try to get the mm-hmm. other side to bite. So they would come back. And this very well could be that where the Nats are like, we're not worried about him. We're going to focus on our core of Juan Soto and Trey Turner. Um, but this is going to be a long process. <laughs> this is going to be dragged out. And we're going to hear about this nonstop until like January, February. Right. And like, yeah. I can... Like, I, I still will call anyone dumb for saying that not re-signing Bryce was, like, a good move. Like, that's just wrong, but uh, I digress. With Rendon, I think everyone is in agreement that the move is to re-sign him. Like, I haven't seen anyone say, oh, we shouldn't re-sign him. 
Like, yes, he's yeah, 30, but either. even still, I haven't seen those arguments to not re-sign him. So, like, the Nats have nowhere to hide behind, no matter what they, like, release to the press. They have nowhere to hide, no excuse for not re-signing him, but it sounds like they're already thinking well, about moving on. I think this on. is the trial balloon. I really do. I think this is them putting out there through the press that, you know, well, we need to make sure we're keeping, you know, enough money to re-sign these other guys. I think they, they already know they're not re-signing him, just like they already knew it with Bryce, and that that ship has sailed. He's not coming back. I mean, I, I get it, like, especially from the business aspect of baseball, but the dude's having a career year. Like, his OPS yeah, has been such... above 1,000 basically all year. Except he's for like so a game. selfish. <laughs> he's so selfish. Have a career year in his walk year, but <laughs> the anal- the analytics are against Rendon. I feel like the Nats are trying to become more analytical, and a lot of teams don't realize that. So that's They're like the one argument. Cheap. Yeah, that's like the one argument against resigning Rendon is the analytics of guys hit the wall at thirty four, and there's about twenty full time start uh, position player starters at age right. thirty four. So but just I make, him, make him a higher AAV offer for shorter term then. Like, oh, do well, what you on, have Amanda, to yeah. do to resign the man. Amanda, that's just too smart. That <laughs> just makes too much sense. <laughs> Why would you do that? You have to, it has to be seven years or nothing. Those are the options. Or just front, front load it. To be yeah, like I don't care what you got to do. Do what you got to. To be completely real, if they do let him walk, it's – like and I I know I've said this before I said this a lot earlier in the year and to an extent I still do believe it but if Rendon does walk I see no point in like pretending we're like a legitimate contender anymore like yes we have starting pitching but our lineup's not even good enough now and that's with Rendon <clears throat> and Soto like who else yeah. is going to step up we Rendon and Soto each had to step up to make up for Bryce now you're losing Rendon who's going to like replace that like Soto's not good enough to replace both of them. I mean, there's so, no like, who else. There's no way to replace them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like the only free agent other than Rendon is Marcelo Zuna, and he's already publicly said he wants to stay in St. Louis. Like he's literally reducing his free agent power by saying he wants to stay. So like, yep. I mean, it's it's Rendon or bust at this point. Well, and but if it's we bust, bust I, because I think, Rendon's not yeah, coming back. Basically, I, I I don't see how we're a contender, and then we really need to start thinking about selling because there's there's it's not happening in free agency if it's not Rendon. Yeah, well, they're what they're going to do is probably try to you know try to bring somebody up and hope that they can catch lightning in a bottle again. But I mean, the only hitter we've got. We're the twenty eighth ranked farm system. <laughs> I'm just 29th. saying I agree with you. I'm just saying oh, sorry, this is what the learners are gonna do. Being sellers is not in their DNA and re signing their own homegrown talent is also not in their DNA. So I don't know what next year. Maybe they'll look like, pull an but... Orioles and uh, sell the team. Yeah, maybe. I don't see it happening, but maybe. Yeah, it's depressing to think about losing Rendon, but I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point. I, I think there's almost no chance that he's coming back and Nats fans are going to need to just mentally prepare themselves for that eventuality. At, at least it's better than the Bryce thing because the Bryce thing, they kept giving me hope. And now they're just taking my hope away in mid-August. And I can just like enjoy this Rendon farewell tour. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they're going to see a real, I don't know that they're taking into account to, you know, they're looking, if, if what they're doing is looking at analytics, the the fan reaction, losing Bryce and then losing Rendon in two straight years. I, you're already oh, seeing a I mean, just look, look at the attendance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's not, it, there's a lack of enthusiasm among Mats fans this year after the thing with Bryce, where, like you said, they kept giving us hope, and then it was the Phillies of all places. And if Rendon goes, especially if Rendon goes to a division rival, there's going to be some fan revolt. And I don't think the learners are properly taking into account, you know, what the reaction's going to be from the fan base. Yeah, uh, it's just my, I mean, not that it's like bold by any means, but if Rendon is gone, next year is going to be god-awful. Like, they're going to try to make you think that they're still competing for a World Series. It's going to be awful. And then 2021 is the year that they blow it up. That's my prediction. Yeah, well, I hope you're wrong. But Well, yeah, it's as we've seen on this uh, podcast for 25 episodes, I've never been wrong. Is it 25 now? <laughs> I'll ignore yeah, your isn't ridiculous this episode comments, 25? is it 25 episodes? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of episodes. Okay. So, speaking of 25 episodes, let's do everyone's favorite segment of every episode, which is our Twitter questions and worst tweets. Twitter questions. All right. So, our first one comes from at Nats Rally Cotton, and it says, looks like Nats have to add closer to a long list of off-season needs, including first base, second base, third base, (laughs) catcher, right field, and starting pitching. If Max's injuries linger or Strauss opts out, is the Nats' future as bleak as it seems? That kind of is just what we were talking about. Speaking, I'm um, sorry. Speaking of bleak futures, that the Orioles were about to beat the Astros, which is like a feat in itself, <laughs> and then their right fielder had a terrible throwing error and like three runs scored, <laughs> and that's just like <laughs> peak Orioles. And that is our future if we don't resign Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Well, oh, isn't that Sorry. what just happened to DeGrom in the first inning of this game today, kind of? Was the era yeah, yeah like but it's just funny because it was like, the or- you're like, oh my god, the Orioles about to beat the Astros. And then, nope. <laughs> Orioles gonna Oriole. <laughs> Proceed. Um, I'm gonna say yes, because uh, if Rendon's gone, you have a young core of Soto, Trey, and then Robles, who hasn't come into the zone yet, but that's kind of <laughs> about it. Um. Yeah. You have an aging starting rotation, which is the strength of your team. Max is going to be 36. Corbin's going to be 30. And then Strauss is going to be, I think, 32 or 33. Um, and then I don't you think he's going to be that old. Sorry. I, don't, I, didn't, yeah, know. I, I, just, I didn't think he was that it's, old. I think he, I, I think he's just turned 30. Hold on. I'll look it up. Continue. Yeah. So you have that. And then you have Carter Keeboon. You don't really know what's going to be. Um, You'll know who's going to be right fielder. You know it's going to be your catcher. You'll know it's going on third, and your bullpen's still terrible. So while you know, I mean, free agency exists, and they can make trades in the deadline. I feel like if Rendon's gone, they're like an eighty, eighty-two win team. But if Rendon's still here, uh, the future is a little bit brighter with them. Well, a lot brighter if he's not here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Strasburg is thirty-one. He'll be thirty-two next year. So you are correct. Nah, Ryan Moore. Ryan Moore. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a laundry list of things this year, and, I mean, none of it panned out. Bearclaw, DFA, Rosenthal released, Dozier has been a bust. I mean, Anibal Sanchez has been a roller coaster at best. 
I mean, Helixson hasn't been here. He's still missing. If you hear any updates on him, please call the hotline because his family misses him. <laughs> um, I mean, nothing Rizzo has done or ha- did this offseason has like had any positive impact this year. So it's basically we still need all the things we needed last season, but now we need more with still need a catcher, still need starting pitching, still need a bullpen. And now we need first base, second base, third base. I mean, it, it's just on and on and on. And like, a, as much as I would love uh, a Nats team without Adam Eaton, I just, I don't think you can afford to lose him at this point, believe it or not. Just like we already need so much else. Like, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. So, oh, deep. Thank you. Deep. We're very philosophical here on Half Street High Heat today. Lots of deep thoughts. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to our next question, which is from at One Pursuit Takes. Can Sean Doolittle be trusted, and what is his future with the Nats? So we've kind of touched on this. Well, we touched on the first part. The second part is interesting because we kind of like I posed the question if he was in his walk year, but. I mean, what is his future with the Nats? Because obviously he's still under contract. Yeah, when does his contract end? Um, is it one more year? He I has an option it's one after more. this year. Yeah. So wait, wait. Gonna, so he, like, he could opt out this off season? <clears throat> no, I think it's a team option. Oh, oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Now that's interesting. So, like, so depending on what happens from here on out for the season, if the new I mean, his his contract still any like. Chance? No, it's his contract pretty, like, uh, yeah, very team friendly. Yeah, so he's gonna, they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna keep him the closer just because the Nats are never one to admit when like something's going wrong and to like admit defeat early. Um, yeah. I mean, Jason Worth, they kept playing him. Ryan Zerman, when See, he's healthy, Davey he's our first So yeah, <laughs> they're just gonna beat the beat the dead horse until they can't anymore, and they're gonna do the same thing with Doolittle and. He's still going to be the closer going forward. I, I think yeah, I, I can, can see, see him see getting moved to a different inning. Yeah, that's if we find someone reliable enough to close out games. Otherwise, he's still going to be Davies' guy. Um, but I see a future for Doolittle and for this team, like where we end up a lot like the Giants are now. Except the Giants kind of have an excuse because they won three World Series at the beginning of the decade, and it's just like the same guys. They're just not as good. The Nationals have nothing to show for what they're doing, and they're just going to have a very old team with a terrible farm system, and it's going to be years before they can rebuild again. Because wow. they just refuse to admit like what their reality is, and that's a not a very competitive team when you put it all together. We have competitive aspects like starting pitching and certain stars on our lineup, but put it all together and we just can't compete yeah. with some of these And this actually uh, brings me back around to what we talked about earlier Tijuana. before the trade deadline. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> Tijuana, more about Rendon, <laughs> who I think, um, you know, we talked ad nauseum before the deadline about how if they weren't going to resign him, they needed to trade him no matter what. And then it, when it became clear that they had improved enough to chase a wild card spot, we all agreed they weren't going to do it. And they didn't. But mm-hmm. I still think that that point remains. I mean, if they know, and it sounds like they know they're not bringing him back, then, you know, it would have made sense to just trade him and get a haul for him and try to win this year, get into the wild card spot without him. And maybe it wouldn't have worked, but at this point you've got two years in a row now where you're going to have nothing to show for your superstar that you drafted and developed yourself. And 
It's just in a team right. with a farm system like ours, it's just so hard to take to think about losing Rendon for nothing. And I would have hated right. to lose him, period, but losing him for nothing is just so much worse. It's even worse, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us here had a problem with the Nats buying at the deadline. But to your point, yeah, if you knew that the likelihood of you bringing Rendon back this offseason was slim, you should have just traded him at the deadline and essentially folded on the season because you were only allowed minimal moves at most anyways with the cap situation and trying to stay under the luxury yeah. tax. So you should have just traded him folding on the season and you would have been locked and loaded ready to go both. next season. I don't, I don't think you needed to fold yeah, on Yeah, kind of like the Indians the did same. and they sold Bauer yeah. and they're still competing for the division. Exactly. Like they could have, they could have tried, you know, making the same kind of moves they made with the bullpen, you know, selling Rendon to restock the farm and then see what you could do. I don't mm -hmm. think you had to fold on the season, but I do think that there's a really good argument to be made that they seem to have known for a while now that they're not bringing him back. And it's just malpractice to keep losing guys like Bryce Harper and Ooh, Anthony Rendon for not one damn thing in return. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say fold on the season, but like that's essentially what it would have been because I brought up the Indians. The Indians are very deep in their rotation depth and they're without Kluber and Carrasco right now, I believe. So it's a completely different situation when they sold Bauer. With the Nats, you don't really have a viable replacement, especially with Howie Kendrick on the IL and uh, and whatnot. But yeah, if they had known, which it definitely seems like they have known, yeah, you should have just sold. Yeah. But yep. We we had nothing. Well, nothing. Well, we had a follow up on that question, which which was at Anthony Dizzle forty seven said this year alone, do you trust him back to Doolittle to get it done in the playoffs if the Nats make it? I'm going to say no, just because not, it, this isn't even against Doolittle, it's against the Nats in general. They always find a new way to blow it. And with Doolittle's one pitch, it, it only takes one slightly off night. Like the, the, the benefit of having multiple pitches is that you really only need one to like be above average and you can kind of get by with the rest. When you have one pitch like Doolittle and you don't have it, you don't have anything else to rely on. So what yeah, are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our pal at one lovely lady C asks predictions Your on who pal. will be called up when the rosters expand. <laughs> Iron Man for life. <laughs> uh, Jake Knoll, uh, familiar new Mr. Walkoff, Jake Knoll. Um, <laughs> honestly, probably Mike Lay Taylor. Uh, Andrew right? Stevenson. That was my answer. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, rather than, yeah, we, we'll probably see Keem Boom. Rather than the up and down, up and down carousel, we'll see all of Fetty, Ross, McGowan probably, and both if he's healthy. Probably see all of them. Um, probably another catcher. I would guess Keem Boom. I don't think Maybe Riley Hellickson, if anybody can find him, if he's um, healthy. What's that one pitcher's name? I can't remember his name, but he's in. Uh, oh, oh, he's in oh, oh, um, like I know who you're talking about. Stop, stop. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of his name. <laughs> well, tell me who the hell you're talking about, and I'll see if I can. Think I was of trying it. to get it. I was trying to get it before Ryan said it, and I can't remember. Um, if you're listening to this and you know, let us know. <laughs> tweet us. I can't remember. Yeah. And yeah, tweet All right, us. Tell me who uh, it is. My, my Let's give hurts. me a description. 
He's a pitcher. He's in AAA. He's a reliever. He's pretty. He's a pitcher. All right, that's pretty broad. Throws. Oh, throws baseballs. He plays for. uh, He plays for the Fresno team that is in the Nationals farm system. (laughs) Inexplicably, in the Nationals farm system. (laughs) What about that? Oh, Will Crow. We'll probably see Will Crow. Maybe. Will Crow. Yeah, maybe so. Is that who you were thinking of? No, it wasn't him. But. (laughs) <laughs> hey, it's oh, really bothering me that I can't think of that guy's name. Ross Detweiler. <laughs> Ross well, Detweiler. I'm sure it will come to one True of story. Ross Detweiler started for uh, the White Sox the other night, believe it or not. Did he start, really? I knew four. he was... Yeah. He started game four of the 2012 playoffs for us. <laughs> <laughs> he's still pitching. Oh, man. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. At Nick Johnson, ninety nine says, "Who is the second baseman next year?" Scooter Jeanette. I would love it to be Scooter. I would love it to be Scooter. I think. Ooh, I was gonna say Howie yeah, Kendrick. I, don't know. I think. I think it's Howie. I don't think it's Keebum yet. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't look very ready when they had him up before. I mean, I like Keebum a lot, but he needs a little more seasoning. Seems like. Maybe he'll surprise us when he gets called up. It's going to be. Nah, it's going to be Keebum. They're going to like just throw him yeah, in there. Yeah, it'll probably and, be Keebum. Like they did. I think Kendrick will still be on the bench. People. Or he'll be starting at third, maybe. Yeah, maybe. if I don't know who else they're going to have starting at third. That's an even better question. Who's playing third? Estrible Cabrera. No. Yeah, <laughs> back again. Round two. Back again. Well, round yeah. three. Three. <laughs> All right, at two, at two chains, Cheney says, "Will Jake Knoll win the Silver Slugger playing third next year?" There you go. Look There's it. our answer. Uh, for he's going to win the AL MVP and the NL MVP because he's going to be that freaking good next year. And he's, he's going to win the Cy Young for a pitcher because he just dominated all the pitchers so much that he stole their Cy Young and their Silver Slugger. That's what I'm talking <laughs> okay. about. Optimism, optimism from Nick and Ryan. You heard it here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, at Riggle 9000 says, not counting Rendon or Soto, who's going to step up and help push the Nats into the playoffs the rest of the season? Nothing. No one. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> if uh, yeah, if I don't it know. was someone, it would have to be Trey. I'm it would have to be. And I like Adams a lot, but he hasn't been very good lately. And he, didn't he get the golden sombrero today, I believe? Yeah, he sucks. No, I'm over him. Today. Go- he got the golden sombrero today? Oh, man. Poor guy. Yeah, it was tough. Tough day at the plate for Mr. Matt Adams. Who, uh, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, he, when he he's did. really... He's seven yeah. left on Including base. Including with bases <laughs> loaded, yeah. He had a bases loaded <laughs> strikeout. I saw um, oh, somebody man. on Twitter say something about if I wanted first baseman to strike out with the bases loaded, I would just have Ryan Zimmerman. Do you know who that was, Ryan? Who, was, who would have said something like that? I mean, it's it's that's the thing though. Like, <laughs> Nats, the Nats already have one first baseman who just stands up there and closes his eyes with the bases loaded. I don't need two of them. Like, get it together, Matt. <laughs> but but this one's a lefty. It's for the aesthetic. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. <laughs> but you wouldn't know All the right. difference. <laughs> okay, so let's do our worst tweet of the week. May I have a drum? Oh God, I'm so glad we get to do this together finally. I know. 
Okay, there it is. There it is. Okay, and it's not even a real tweet. Ha ha, jokes on you guys listening. Um, the, the worst tweet of the week goes collectively to all the people who said that Doolittle should be DFA'd after that terrible Friday night game. Like, come on, people. Get it yeah, together. I mean, we. I was pissed off too, but come on. We definitely yeah. aren't known for overreacting in any manner. But no, I mean, not us. this is this is like completely just oof. even for Nats fans, people, this was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, not not great. No bueno. Yeah, definitely not. So, yeah, it was definitely tough. And he's definitely in a skid right now. I don't know what's going on with him. I hope he figures it out. But um, DFA is uh, that's just stupid not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're fools. <laughs> you suspect. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Technical. It's a technical term. All right. So, do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? Nothing. All right, Ryan. No, anything that. from you? All right. Um, bye, well, then bye, I guess that will do it. For <laughs> bye, bye, bye. There we go. There it is. So that's going to be for us. I need to practice on. I need to uh, get better at speaking my Tijuanan for when we go to Mexico next month. Oh, yeah. I'm, do <laughs> I'm doing it. Every, I'm taking tons. I'm almost on a Twitter hiatus because I'm doing so much Spanish class that I don't have time to do anything else in the world right now. Yeah, full on Rosetta Stone. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the Elefante es grande. Holy the baby is big. <laughs> the, the Oreos just walked off the Oh, elephant. Elephant is big. Did they really? Yeah, the Orioles just walked off the Astros. This That's league. Oh, man. All right, so we're going to let you poor listeners get out of here while we talk to each other, since this is obviously... Oh, they're already gone. <laughs> they're already gone. Any of you who are still here, um, please be sure to subscribe to the show so you get updates when the uh, new episodes come out. And uh, if you want to leave us reviews, we really appreciate it. Again, I'm Amanda. You can get me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak and the show at Half Street High Heat. And don't forget to check out the DMVSportsNetwork.com and follow them on Twitter at DMV underscore SN. All right, guys, have a good week. Later. Later. <laughs> In stereo. Give me the bridge now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.